0: And welcome to episode 304 of Geek Radio. I am back this week with <laughs>
1: Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David, how are you?
0: I'm good, I'm good. We're back after a couple of weeks off. I uh, I went travelling a bit around the UK, which was quite fun, and sort of went to London and went to Liverpool, and uh, yeah, I had a quite a pleasant time. So uh, yeah, it's oh, been cool. good visiting a few different places and actually getting out of my house, having been here basically for 18 yeah. months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so uh, how have you been, and uh, what have you been watching? Been all right, been busy with all my podcasts and stuff done done a bunch of stuff as well things that i've watched and podcasted on and not podcasted on as well um something which i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed and i've been singing the praises of on uh, social media is a uh, black summer season two yes uh, which i did a review for uh, recently i've been posting it on twitter and i got a couple of little responses from jamie king who's one of the actresses in the show she plays the main character which is the mother because you got like the mother and the daughter yeah that are sort of the main two characters i don't think she listened to the podcast but in the title I put that I think it's TV's best zombie show and she was like thank you so much and like uh, that's all great and everything and just in various different comments sections where she's talked about Black Summer and obviously she shared a few a few little like behind the scenes photos of like different set things and stuff and I, I was like putting in the comments about like oh yeah this scene was really really tense because like the whole season was and uh, she sort of liked a couple of comments so you know some nice little interactions Aww. here and there yeah. but uh, the interactions I've had with her have been great and uh, she retweeted the reviews which was good and overall it's just you know my interactions with her and the show itself the second season was phenomenal i was on the edge of my seat for the whole thing one of the main things that really separates black summer from things like fear the walking dead and the walking dead and even like z nation and other stuff like that is as much as i love the walking dead which we both do we both podcast on it and everything black summer's got this particular way of okay you know who the main characters are supposed to be but whenever they get into any confrontation whether it's with a person that's fighting for supplies or a zombie that's running after them I never ever feel like the characters are safe Mm. and sometimes with The Walking Dead you'll have somebody like Rosita who's okay she's not a Daryl or a Rick or like a really top tier like a Michonne or somebody like that but she's kind of an important character but sometimes if a sort of slightly not top-tier Walking Dead character gets into a confrontation, you feel like, okay, they'll probably be fine. And I know that, you know, with Walking Dead, it's based off the comic material and they follow some of that and then change some of it as well. So I I know it's a bit of a different beast, but it's just that horror tension that sometimes Mm. the Walking Dead does really lack. And there's a whole episode in there between uh, Spears, uh, who is one of the main characters, and this, like, long-lost friend that he kind of meets. And throughout the episode, you're thinking, like, Like, one of these two might just kill the other one, or a bunch of zombies might come out of the woods or like they're really low on supplies and what's going to happen with that. And sometimes with things like The Walking Dead, it does do these big scale war sort of set pieces. Black Summer's got one of them at the start of the second season. But most of the whole show, the first season included, is kind of battle episodes, but they're so tension filled and it's often between a few characters where you really don't know who's going to turn on who or who's going to get shot or whatever. And it's just so tension filled and I absolutely loved it. It left me a bit tired after watching it. I like meant mentally sort of tired of thinking like, wow that was you know sort of really tense but I I wanted to feel that way if that makes sense because that's how I felt the show wanted me to feel and it worked so um, have you seen any of Black Summer it's absolutely fantastic I think I may have watched
0: the first episode of the first season and I enjoyed it actually I just didn't kind of get back to it and other things got in the way I like some of the zombie genre stuff Horror's not really a huge thing for me I'm not as massively into it as you are so so it's not sort of the natural thing that I would usually go and watch but you know I do obviously watch The Walking Dead and I do enjoy that and I did quite enjoy the first episode of it I just haven't kind of got back to watching the rest of it in terms of the character stuff though I think possibly part of the thing that Black Summer has going for it is the fact that it isn't The Walking Dead and it is a smaller show and mm-hmm. the, the Walking Dead you know like you say some people know some of what's possibly coming up because of the comic book even though they have remixed quite a lot of that when big characters leave we tend to know about that coming up beforehand so that sort of removes the tension we also know certain characters like Carol and Daryl have got to stay around because we know they've got another show coming off so we know they can't be in jeopardy so there are certain things with The Walking Dead that we kind of know and yes they do kill characters off and sometimes they are shocking but I think there's less of it because the show's so big that a lot of the stuff gets out in the press beforehand you Mm -hmm. know um, whereas with something like Black Summer I think it does have the advantage of being a smaller show and if you like it and you are invested in it they can kill off characters left right etc if they want without it kind of getting leaked to the same extent which is uh, probably an advantage to them but uh, I'm glad it's doing so well for them because it was a good little zombie show it's from the people that did Z Nation as well isn't it
1: yeah which is strange because this is completely different to like z Z nation is this sort of like fun kind of silly not stupid but like the the silly version of zombie stuff where it would be more comedy based this is like a complete 180 where it's still like dark it's grounded gritty Mm -hmm. tension filled a bit like a sort of you know quiet place or last of us type stuff where it's very just sort of this character's gonna die and we don't care what you think yeah (laughs) deal with it kind of thing so um it's it's really good but uh yeah like stunt works fantastic as well there's a few things in like the first couple of episodes and the last couple of episodes that are great and you know that thing I talk about where like you're watching an episode of TV and it suddenly ends and the credits come up that happened with like every episode yeah and I know I know the episodes are a little bit shorter sometimes but that happened with all them so it was a Mm -hmm. fantastic show as well and um thanks to Jamie King for being very nice as well so because not not, not all not all celebrities are nice are they Ooh, well, so, uh, not, not all people are very nice <laughs> yeah so course. but uh, that's been great as well so i don't know about season three but we'll see uh, switching over to video games i'm playing currently uh, mafia one uh it got remastered along with the whole trilogy there's mafia one two and yes. three which are from the uh, Xbox 360 PS3 era I did just after high school when I was at college I remember playing Mafia 2 around a friend's house on the Xbox 360 and that was great but I, I played the second and I didn't play all of the third one because it was unbelievably repetitive and yes it was it's a shame for that game because I kind of agree with the general consensus which is the narrative is really really strong and really great but the gameplay is unbelievably repetitive playing the first one I've never experienced any of the first one I have got the whole Trilogy sort of on me. I've, I've rented it and stuff. So I didn't know anything about the story or anything. It is a kind of, you know, normal mafia story of, hey, you're in this group and don't get the cops on us. And, you know, let's get what we need from these other people, you know, that kind of yeah. normal mafia storyline. The technical aspects of the game are really, really good. It runs really well. Cutscenes are, are very good. The gameplay is interesting. It's kind of like strange in a certain way. But when you kind of get used to that, I really like the way that the enemies react to the way that you sort of shoot them. Like, because not not mm-hmm. every game sort of does things like that oh, if you shoot them in the leg or they'll sort of react differently as opposed to just being a sort of hit point if that makes yeah. sense it's a little bit tough to get used to at first the gameplay but I've sort of got into a good rhythm of knowing how it plays and that and uh, it's uh, it's pretty good I'm having a good time with it so far the uh, cars control a little bit strangely as well obviously mm-hmm. they're from I think it's the, the 1930s so obviously the cars are different to what they are today again once you get used to the way the cars kind of control and the certain ways that you can turn around corners without driving into the wall is is very good so it's a really good game so far i'm, I'm enjoying it. i think i've played it for about say, say about six hours roughly right. so far maybe a little bit more i don't know how long is is left mm. but um yeah story's picking up really good it's got some interesting characters just a good time uh, you sound like you're quite familiar with the uh, these games then.
0: yes i am i have played all three i like you played the third one a little bit and then thought this is getting horribly repetitive um yeah the first one i played when it originally came out i haven't played the remastered version so i am very familiar with that first game my overriding memory of that first game there is a a sequence with a race car i seem to remember which you may not have got to yet if you've only been playing with six hours which was horrifically difficult to control and i'd be interested to see when you get to that how easy that race bit is
1: in the remastered okay, version you, when, when they've managed to sort that out are you talking about the race that you have to win
0: yes there is a yeah, race no, in a that beer yeah Yeah, there's a race in a race car that you have to win and Mm -hmm. that was horrifically difficult on the original game um uh, as i seem to remember so not because it was a difficult race to win but because the controlling that car was
1: incredibly hard so i I don't know whether they've managed to improve or sort that out for the remastered version it seemed all right to me i mean the car that you use at that point is different to kind of anything that you've used obviously because it's a specific type of car it was a case for me of learning okay this car can go really ridiculously fast but you've got to just kind of learn how to slow down for the corners otherwise you'll crash and then you'll just yeah. lo- lose the whole thing so yeah, yeah. I,
0: I remember that being horrifically hard on the original game and I think remember reading somewhere I think they had done some tweaks to that to make it slightly easier than mm-hmm. it, it was but overall I really like the storyline on the first Mafia game they do continue a bit of that storyline in the second game from what I remember there's certain you're playing a different lead character but some of the other characters kind of pop up in the second game the third game I think they drop the ball a bit and it ends up just being very very repetitive unfortunately I would like to see them do a fourth game just which focused more on single player story and and had a solid kind of background because I think that was the problem with the third one was there was a lot of busy work with it and it just ended up with being not that interesting as a game and I would like to Mm. I would like it to be more of a sort of GTA but you know with that level of sort of GTA 5 story but set in a Mafia world would be quite a nice way of doing it um, yeah but we'll, we'll see where they go mm-hmm. with the, you know whether they do do anymore but um yeah. you know the fact that they've remastered this trilogy kind of
1: points towards maybe they are considering doing something more with it but i uh, think it's i think it's almost a bit of a taster of like okay we'll put these games out there again for people that miss them or just for the new console generations and that and see like how they do and stuff so out of the three of them i do think mafia 2 is still the best one but that's kind of from mm-hmm. my from, from memory that i've, I've played of it so yeah uh yeah really enjoyed the first one uh so two other shows i wanted to kind of talk about as well uh love victor which has been going on for its second season It's only about four episodes in uh, i felt like it had gotten further into the season just because so much has kind of happened and stuff yeah really really good season of tv really kind of hits me emotionally as i'm sure it does with some others one of the interesting aspects of season two i can't talk about too much because of like, spoilers and stuff but basically victor is having a bit of a conflict with his mum at the moment there's a okay. particular reason. there's a particular reason that is led on from the first season but i can't talk about what that is uh, and I find that quite interesting. It, you could look at that one way or you could maybe look at it another way. And I think it's this very just particular thing they've chosen for that character that is turning out to be quite interesting. But I, again, I can't really talk about exactly why why that is, the way that <laughs> that, that is right. and everything. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, the episodes are very short, again, just sort of over before I realise or whatever. I can't talk about too much of why season two is so good and why the character dynamics are so interesting because of, again, spoilers and things. But it's doing some very interesting stuff have you seen any of that at all i haven't no it's one that's on
0: my long list of things that i need to get to but uh, i know you and gray both really love that series and uh it's, yeah. it's been going down very well so that's good yeah is the film
1: on star because you've got love love simon
0: no the film doesn't look like it is uh it's available to buy on like sky store for like 350 and it's on amazon oh. for 250 and so the okay. f- the film is uh, it's on YouTube as well for like three fifty. So I mean it is kicking around on various platforms. If you want to go and buy it or rent cool. it, sorry, cool. that's as the rental prices. It's seven ninety nine if you want to buy it. Um, mm. uh, yeah. so so yeah, it is around if you want to watch
1: the movie. But um, mm-hmm. you, I, I, I'm told you don't need to watch the movie to watch Love Victor particularly. Yeah, I think you could probably skip the film for now and then like binge the series or whatever. There, there's various different references to uh, Simon, and now and again Victor will like call or message Simon for different. Ed- Advice and things like that um, mm-hmm. and I, I think he made an appearance I think towards the end of the season one or something so he did make it like a cameo appearance which was good so yeah uh, but very very good show as well and then lastly switching over to Apple TV plus I finished C uh, the first season of that, the Jason Momoa show yeah um, I really really enjoyed that a lot I just think the the concept was really fascinating to me mm-hmm. and as I was kind of watching it and watching the various different like scenes that are in the woods I kept thinking of the hundred because it kind of gave <laughs> a a little bit that feeling a hundred if you you know made everybody older and then half the characters or most of the characters were blind blind and stuff there's some really good like action set pieces and things obviously they can't like see the enemies so they have to use sound and stuff I noticed with Jason's character Jason Myweather who plays the, the main character it's when he like taps on trees with these swords and stuff and he like tricks the other enemies and there's a particular scene I think in like episode four or five where a bunch of people are like captured and he's tapping his sword and like scraping it along the ground and everything. I think you know, you might know which yeah, scene I'm, yeah. I'm referring to. I thought a lot of that work was fantastic, and I can't really think of many shows that have done that type of concept before at, at least not to obviously you got things like Daredevil which is sort of similar but obviously that's like comic book sort of stuff but no I found the concept to be really interesting I did find the dialogue at certain points to be a bit just strange and hard to keep up with just because uh, mm-hmm. the way that some characters speak but I got I got a good gist of what was going on and everything um, but uh, no I thoroughly enjoyed it and I uh, got through the I think it's eight episodes wasn't it I'm looking forward to uh, season two's next month isn't it so
0: yeah yeah, uh, uh, what, what 27th of August for the next season of C and it's already been renewed for a third season as well I really enjoyed the first season it's a little slow to get going and there is a huge difference between that first episode and the second episode as well because the first episode doesn't have some of the main characters because it's almost a kind of prequel to what the main story is that first episode uh, uh-huh. so, so it, is, it is a bit of an odd setup when they first start, but I think it gives a nice solid foundation of sort of introducing what the world is at that point. And there's an interesting mix of characters. There's an interesting mix of of these couple of different stories of going on of this kind of mad, crazy queen on one side, and then you've yep. got the story of these two sighted children of Baba Voss, which is Jason Momoa's character. Although they're not really his children, he's sort of adopted them, and he's looking at. After them, but they actually have their natural father was uh, also supposedly this sort of sighted person, and that's who they end up going on a sort of adventure to go and find him. It's from Stephen Knight, who is the person behind Peaky Blinders. It has a very much a sort of you know you mentioned the One Hundred. It's not as, as sort of teen drama-y or something like no, the One Hundred. No. <laughs> it's much more in the sort of more adult vein of something like Peaky Blinders, uh, but it's this interesting, Interesting, different sort of world, you know. As you say, the set pieces are great. They're having to think around sort of how, if somebody was blind, would they fight in a world where everybody essentially is blind? You know, how would they Mm. manage? How would they cope? They come up with some really interesting thoughts and ideas about how to deal with that. Um, Mm. That goes through to the production design, the costuming. I've spoke to some of the people that are involved on behind the scenes as well, and it's just really fascinating that entire world that they've created. So I'm very much looking forward to the um, second season coming next month. You know, I'm glad it's already got picked up for a third season as well. It's one of those solid Apple TV shows, I think.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. The other part I really liked as well was, you know, that bit on the boat where they're like getting shot out with arrows and stuff. That was really good. So yeah, just just (laughs) loads of good action set pieces. So that was good. Yeah,
0: definitely. I finished another Apple TV show this week as well. uh, Mythic Quest. I got to the end of the second season and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. I think that ends in a really, interesting place and set things up for a you know another season i mean you could potentially end it there if you wanted to because it does kind of wrap up one story arc hasn't yet been renewed for a third season but i mean i would imagine that there is a good chance that that will come back as well although if it didn't if for whatever reason they decided not to bring it back i think it it does end it in a place where you could sort of leave them and you know let it stop there if they wanted to but uh, i mm. i would be very interested to see where they uh, come back
1: with for that yeah and very very good the second season it's a show i really enjoy as well as the finale was sort of going on i was like oh okay this is going in a, like a strange direction mm-hmm. um i kind of wonder like you could do a third season but it would be a bit like separated i suppose so i'm not sure how you'd fix that
0: yeah rob mckelney who is the uh, main person behind that from um, it's always sunny in philadelphia as well has said that he hasn't actually come up with an idea for season three yet. So uh, that's that's why it's not actually been renewed. I, I think Apple would take it if and when they're, they yeah, kind yeah. of get the idea for it, but uh, he hasn't actually decided where they're going for it. That was from an interview he did that was at the end of June. So, you know, maybe there'll be a bit of a break and maybe it'll come back again next year, but he hasn't actually, they haven't actually kind of decided what they're doing with that yet. And uh, they've not officially got a renewal, but if they've not pitched any ideas for season three to Apple. Yet then that's probably why it hasn't got a, got a renewal yet. So we'll see. But I mean, mm. the second season does end it in a in a very satisfying way, and it's hilariously funny that show. It's yeah. really really good. So uh, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed the first two seasons of that, and that's on Apple TV. Monsters at work. I know you've been watching this, which is the Monsters Inc. spin off, which takes place directly after the movie. Because the movie for those who haven't seen Monsters Inc. spoilers for the end of the film. <laughs> but uh, oops, God, how long's that been? That
1: twenty years. Old. yeah, yeah. It's
0: 20 years old but um, you know obviously the entire thing with the end of monsters inc is the fact that the monster town is powered by screams of children or the scares of children and the idea is that they find that laughs are are far better ways of powering things so by the end of the movie they switch over to laughs and what you do with monsters at work is you start with a guy who's like literally just graduated from monsters university and graduated like top of his class at the scare course and he's going to be kind of going to be a scarer just on the day where they're switching everything over from mm-hmm. scaring to collecting laughs instead so obviously he's scaring is kind of no use to anybody but he has got a job at Monsters Inc which is his sort of dream job and it's about him dealing with this transition from one to the other and it's got Mike and Sully in there as well who are now in charge of Monsters Inc they've kind of taken over the company so it's literally starting the next day after the end of the film and uh, I've only watched the opening episode there are a couple of episodes out already but I've only watched the opening one so far but I really enjoyed that I thought it was a lovely continuation of it and it introduced some great new characters you're doing a podcast on this aren't you so
1: yeah it's called uh, funny monsters which Sully actually says that in I think the first episode yeah Uh, so it's quite fitting very very good start monsters inc is something I'm quite nostalgic for not quite on the level of like a toy story but uh, it's still very much got that sort of 90s ish nostalgia for me which is great my one kind of concern was are mike and sully who are two characters i very much care about and are monsters inc are they going to get enough screen time and they Mm -hmm. seem to they got a balancing act on their hands now which is you got tyler who's the main character and then mike and sully and it seems to be all about can we get to the, I guess they're calling it the laugh floor now or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and sort of trying to get in there, which is where Mike and Sully are. And then obviously you've got Tyler, who's in the maintenance room or whatever it is with the others. So, yeah. Um, but I, I like it. I, I, I thought it was a very good start. So looking forward to some more of it. And they, again, they should only be like 20 minute episodes. In fact, the end of the second episode, when the credits came up, it was, it said 18 minutes. Right. So they're, they're very short episodes. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. I am enjoying
0: it. And I get what you're saying about Mike. My- and Sully, uh, you know, it's uh, Billy Crystal and John Goodman back doing the voices for those, mm-hmm. but they are kind of in the secondary characters rather than being the main focal characters. You know, they, it's Tyler who is this newly graduated scarer who's ended up being placed in the maintenance area because of the fact that, you know, he's scaring is not really needed right now. So there mm. is a bit of a balancing act but it's nice that they haven't completely abandoned Mike and
1: Sully and they are sort of still around in there so that's good I suppose it's like with Toy Story 4 when you introduced Forky and then you had you still had Buzz and Woody and obviously like Jesse and all the others Yeah. and how do you put that important new character into the group which they managed very well in Toy Story 4
0: yeah definitely I mean I'm enjoying that I will go and watch the rest of it I only had time to watch one episode so far so uh, I will go and watch the rest of that because I am a fan of the Monsters Inc. franchise so that's been good Over overall on Amazon, I started watching through Clarkson's Farm, which, if you haven't seen this, it's obviously Jeremy Clarkson. He lives on a estate in Oxfordshire that has a 1,000 acres of farmland attached to it. And the idea is the manager of the farmland bit of it has decided to retire. And Clarkson being Clarkson, and the fact that they've changed the format of Grand Tour, so they're doing specials rather than doing doing like a, a one big show and he's obviously got things like he bought to billion be a millionaire as well that he's mm-hmm. doing but because of sort of that sort of stuff he decided that you know maybe he's got the time to actually become a farmer and manage the farm himself and then got amazon involved to make a year-long film of him becoming the manager of the farm so that's essentially what it is and i mean it is a show about farming it's called diddly squat farm the farm that was he renamed it diddly squat got a farm it's about him managing that farmland and actually doing the farm work himself and how he copes as being a farmer essentially i never really thought i'd find myself watching a show about farming but it is wildly entertaining and i mean part of that will be whether you could stand jeremy clarkson or not and I, I entirely understand people that can't whilst i disagree politically quite a lot with jeremy clarkson i think he's really interesting and entertaining to watch and you find out quite a lot about how the farming industry works in a very sort of entertaining way. The amount of work that they have to go through, which I think is also kind of surprised Jeremy as well, and he does genuinely put himself fully into it. There is some great other characters along. There's uh, Gerald, who is the kind of construction guy, who is very very difficult to understand. He has a very very strong local Chipping Norton accent, and you can't understand a word he's saying, so he's quite entertaining. There's Caleb, who is the young farmhand, who is in his early 20s, but he's way, way more experienced than Jeremy. So that's a really interesting connection between the two of them and uh, to see them bounce off each other. There's Charlie, who is Clarkson described as cheerful Charlie because he always turns up with horrendous news about sort of what they need to do and the rules and regulations because obviously there are a ton of rules and regulations when you're growing food. There's Lisa, who is Clarkson's a long-suffering girlfriend who assists with the farm as well. So there's a really interesting look lovely bunch of people that uh, you know he's got surrounding a great bunch of characters that are involved in the show as well. I was really surprised how much I enjoyed this and I do wonder whether they're going to do another season of it or whether Clarkson kind of gives up because it's not entirely clear whether he's actually continued on as running and managing that himself or whether he's going to pay somebody to kind of do it from now on they, they kind of leave that a little ambiguous at the end so uh, there is potential for another season of this but yeah i don't know i thought as it certainly is a one-off thing it works really really well i don't know how well a second season would work because you'd have to come up with more and more ridiculous things for him to get up to whereas Mm -hmm. i think this felt relatively genuine throughout most of it because i mean the thing with stuff like top gear and the grand tour there are certain things in there that feel set up and with most of this it didn't you know it felt relatively genuine. There are a couple of points where you can tell that Jeremy's done something purely because he either thinks it'll be funny or he knows it will make good TV. But there are a number of points throughout this where it does feel like he's genuinely either screwed something up and it's just gone horribly wrong, or he's just having to deal with things like the weather and dealing with machinery that, you know, he's never had to deal with before and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's really entertaining. And, uh, Uh, even if you're not into farming if you're into those sort of shows like Top Gear and The Grand Tour and you like that sort of humour it is filmed in very much that sort of style so I would say it is worth a watch definitely I mean again it does come down to how much you can stand Jeremy Clarkson or not I guess (laughs) but uh, yeah I think worth watching though definitely the other thing that I watched while I was off was Black Widow which is the long long delayed MCU movie which stars Scarlett Johansson reprising her role as Black Widow uh, who of course is no longer around so it is a prequel and it's sort of her background and her history. It's a nice send off for that character I think and introduces some more people who you can uh, potentially use further down the line which is quite good. It's in that sort of middle ground of MCU movies it's not up there with something ridiculously fun like Thor Ragnarok rock it's not up to the level of something like endgame but I think what is at this point yeah. it's it's a perfectly decent functional entertaining action movie in the MCU it's kind of what you would expect from this sort of film as i say I think it introduces some characters which we're gonna see again later on and they can use it at other points when they want to uh, it was fine I think as a film I enjoyed it I mean I I rented it off disney plus i didn't go to uh the cinema to go and see it i decided i was going to do it from home on the premiere access thing on disney plus but yeah i enjoyed it i I thought it was fine you know so have you seen this yet
1: yeah i i really really liked black widow i think i i even like it more now than what i did when i reviewed it and i don't think some people realize what marvel's doing now that we've gotten into this new era of like post thanos and we're not in the is it called the infinity saga yeah not in that anymore and we're kind of i don't know how many people realize this but the avengers are being rebuilt that's why we've got all these new shows of like miss marvel and yeah uh you got you know we've got a new hawkeye coming through and we've got uh, the Ironheart series now we've got a new black widow yeah with the elena and everything and then obviously we've got new captain america with sam and everything um so the avengers are being rebuilt and i find that very exciting as well mm-hmm. and this ju- this just goes to push that further along but with the black widow side of things also the post credit scene i won't talk about it here but i thought that was fantastic fantastic i yeah. really i really 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 like what that set up for something else later down the line which mm-hmm. sure Mar- the marvel filmers tend to do that i was like hey here's a little breadcrumb of a post credit scene that will set something up but for the most part marvel has been very very good at doing that and just with this particular thing it kind of reinvigorated my excitement for that spy sort of side i remember when we talked yeah. about i think it was me you and robert that talked about um falcon and winter soldier and i think i said at the time that i'm just so much more invested in the multiverse because of like what division did and everything. Yeah. But I I think what they set up with Black Widow kind of got me excited again for that spy side of things. I can't tell you why here, but mm-hmm. uh, I think you know kind of what I mean and how that will link into other things in the future. I really like what they did with that and uh yeah, we're just really liking what the MCU is is doing at the moment.
0: Yeah, I I think they are doing a great job. I was very very happy with the post credit scene as well. I thought yeah. that set up something very very interesting. Obviously, we're not going to go into spoilers here because that would be unfair on people that haven't seen it, but It does set up an interesting thing in the post credit scene for that, and uh, it's nice to see, you know, an MCU film back, and uh, the post credit scenes back as well. As I say, I thought it was fine. I wouldn't go overboard about it, but I certainly enjoyed it, and I think it it is a solid MCU movie, and uh, it is worth getting and watching, definitely. Uh, There's some great performances in there, particularly from uh, Scarlett Johnson, who's a sort of swamp song as Mm. Romanoff, and uh, introducing Florence Pugh as Yelena who he's, seems to be setting up to be kind of in the new Black Widow that's not really giving anything away I've been mean, that's been pretty pretty fairly nice, obvious yeah. Uh, yeah. David Harper I think was great as uh, Red Guardian as well I, I thought mm. that was wonderful and just the, the thought of ego on that um, so I thought they were great characters and I do hope we see some more of those later on as well uh, obviously you know Scarlett Johansson I think he's probably done with the MCU at this point but uh, you know Florence Pugh I think he's going to be interesting moving forward and I would love to see David David Harper again because I thought he was great
1: you know it's about kind of we're in a new era we've got to move on from certain characters and then Mm -hmm. set up new ones so yeah absolutely so that's all the stuff
0: we've been watching over the last few weeks let's move on to some tv and film news
2: head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long
0: TV and film news, we kick off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. We have a number of cancellations, one which I was a bit gutted about. Cursed, they've cancelled at Netflix after one season, which was that sort of uh, reworking of the Arthur tale. I kind of knew this was coming because it's been a year since the first season was out, so it was fairly obvious that this wasn't going to be coming back. But uh, I'm kind of sad to see this go because I did enjoy the first season of that and I thought it set up an interesting different world Uh, i guess it was just too expensive for the numbers that it got possibly but i'm sad not to Mm. see that come back
1: it was it was sort of to the point where like okay we haven't heard anything about cursed in about a year and that's probably not a good sign <laughs> yes so, exactly Yeah, when 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 news for not just a Netflix show but any show gets that quiet for that long you kind of think okay there isn't really anything mm. moving forward
0: even if there's a two year break usually you'll hear somewhere in that first 12 months of oh yeah it has been renewed we're just you know not filming it yet for X reasons you know yeah, so, yeah.
1: but no I enjoyed the first season but it's sad to see that go
0: yeah so. yeah it is I'm, it's a shame that's not coming back Goodwitch has also been cancelled This is uh, Netflix over here, but it's not Netflix that's cancelled it. It's Hallmark, so that's been cancelled after seven seasons. Uh, Hallmark make it in the US, and it runs on Netflix over here, so that's not coming back after seven seasons. Lovecraft Country has been cancelled at HBO. I didn't actually watch this, but it it felt to me like something that would probably have worked as a limited series. I kind of got that impression, but I haven't watched it, so I don't know whether that is the case. I'm assuming it didn't leave it on some huge cliffhanger, but uh, Mm -hmm. that is not coming back after. The,
1: did you watch any of that I, I watched about 10 minutes of the first episode got very very confused and then i thought okay i'll go back to this because i'd heard so many good things about it just over and over again i was gonna go and give it another chance and then we got cancelled anyway mm. it's odd because i actually watched about 10 minutes of it and i still don't really know much about it <laughs> so yeah. yeah um yeah is that based off like a book or something um, or
0: is that- it's not i don't think specifically based off a book it's sort of based around some of the ideas from H.P. Lovecraft, who was a famous horror writer. There was apparently a second season in development, but they scrapped it earlier this month at HBO for whatever reason. But Hmm. um, yeah, So there was apparently a second season in development, so uh, it's a shame. But um, the first season's out there. It sounds like it was probably more of an anthology thing, given that the second season was supposed to be called Lovecraft Country Supremacy, so I'm guessing the first season wraps up okay, although I haven't seen it, so I don't No, and the other thing which was cancelled was Good Girls, which I don't think had been cancelled when we did the last show. So uh, that sort of been cancelled. No, so uh, that was the last one of the NBC shows. So uh, all four of the things that NBC left on the table at the end of the sort of Friday night bloodbath that was usually the cancellations. All four of those shows ended up getting cancelled. Good Girls. Apparently, they did originally talk about there was sort of a deal in place for a final shortened season and they talked to some of the cast about potentially doing a final shortened season and it sounded like that was going to go ahead but ultimately they're saying they couldn't get the numbers to work properly for it. Interestingly there were also some rumours about issues with the contract from Manny Montana who played Rio on the show Christina Hendricks, Mae Whitman and Renetta had all agreed to take pay cuts for a reduced eight episode final season it apparently has been a bit of an open secret that Montana and Hendrix didn't get on particularly well which is slightly difficult because they were sort of an on off couple on the screen they were apparently very professional on set but for whatever reason didn't particularly get on very well and that may have been a factor in Manny Montana not being prepared to take the financial hit also the fact that he's obviously a recurring character not one of the lead characters him not being prepared to take a financial hit for a final season because they were asking all the cast to reduce their the amount of money that they got and you know i think there was some suggestion that maybe he didn't want to do that although i would stress that this is kind of hollywood rumors and it sounds a bit more like a convenient scapegoat for nbc that that sort of has leaked out because to cancel that show and sort of they would have been a way i think of writing around that character because he isn't one of the main characters so you could have maybe written him out somewhere. Way how but it sounds like it was just money issues on the show and for whatever reason they couldn't get it to
1: work which is a shame i know they wouldn't have done it but i think a lot of people know what i'm gonna say if it was a case where he didn't want to take the pay cuts but the others kind of did you could have recast him because then you still would have had the main three women mm-hmm. recast him and then just kind of go from there like, you know i'm not saying that that's the sole reason it got canceled obviously it seems like a bit of just a, a mess overall yeah and nbc seems to just kind of cleaned house with a lot of their content. Unfortunately, Zoe and manifest were part of that as well. But if you've got an actor who's kind of being problematic or whatever, and I'm only going off based of what you've just, just said and stuff, just recast him and then just kind of try to go from there. But I, I honestly don't think that option is used enough. Um, mm-hmm. and it's causing some strange things to happen in Batwoman as well. <laughs> so, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It just, uh, other than like outside of good girls, it just seems like NBC just because they canceled what five shows, shows or whatever something like um that. yeah because it was like the breed zoe good girls manifest and i'm sure was some others it just seemed like nbc's just i don't know i don't know what they're, they're doing at the moment yeah
0: i mean they have got some new stuff coming on there's i think mr mayor is one of their shows which looks like it may have been picked up over here by sky uh it looks like young rock is coming over as well that looks like it's coming on to sky comedy so there will be some new nbc comedy shows coming across i think due to the fact that NBC and Sky have the same parent company they are more likely to come across onto Sky but uh-huh. um, yeah I know what you mean there aren't that many things on NBC that I watch either I think Blacklist I still watch which is coming back but um, yeah moving on to renewals uh, Evil has been renewed for a third season which uh, airs on Paramount Plus in the US and Alibi in the UK uh, we haven't had the second season yet we don't know when that's going to land on Alibi but uh, yeah that is still coming but they've renewed that for a third season Cruel Summer has been renewed for a second season. That's a freeform show in the US. It's coming on to Amazon Prime, I think, later this month or next month. But uh, that's a teen drama that's coming across. War of the Worlds has been renewed for a third season. That's Epics in the US. That's Star Disney Plus in the UK. Second season, I think, starts this week. And uh, they've renewed that for a third season as well. So I'm glad that's coming back. There's a couple of HBO Max shows, Rutherford Falls and Made for Love, both of which have been renewed for second seasons on HBO. Max, those two haven't
1: been picked up in the UK yet. But... I want to see I want to see Made for Love. Yeah. Uh, I watched the trailer for the first season that looks kind of interesting. Yes, so.
0: it does. Looks like quite an interesting show. That So hopefully that means that they will get picked up at some point over here, but uh, they've been renewed for second seasons. I think the most surprising renewal that came out while we are off, Good Omens, has been yeah. renewed for a second season, which was always billed as a limited thing. There was never really any intention to make a second season out of the gate for this, although so I'm very glad they have. I know there are some people complaining because of the fact that obviously there was only one Good Omens book and it goes beyond the original source material. And Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett had talked a bit about doing the second book and some of the ideas from that second book actually made it into the first season of the show. So they are in very much uncharted territory with this. It is going to focus very much on Michael Sheen and David Tennant's two characters so the uh, angel and the demon which I think is great because they're fantastic yeah. and very very yeah. watchable together as you said <laughs> before you could sit and just watch an entire show of just them chatting to each other which is kind of what which, stage which, was which they did, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's really great we're going to be inter- very interesting to see where they go with that Neil Gaiman is writing the second season alongside a man called John Finnamore now if you don't know the name John Finnamore, you probably don't listen to Radio 4, which is quite understandable. But John Finnamore has a number of shows that he's involved with, uh, the main one being John Finnamore's Sylvanier program, which is a radio show, which is hilariously funny. He pops up on the Now Show, which is a long-running Radio 4 show as well, quite regularly. He's been on the News Quiz. Uh, he also pops up in Avenue 5 a couple of times as well. John Finnamore is a wonderfully strange, surreal comedian, entirely the right sort of mind for writing something like this so if you were going to put anybody in as somebody that I think could work with Neil Gaiman to develop these characters and create an interesting slightly weird off the wall story I think these are two people that will work very very well together I'm really interested to see what they do with a second season for this it was one of those things that when I first saw it it were like "Eh, is it safe going beyond the original book and then I saw John Finn was involved in it like yeah actually i can see that working so um i'm really interested to see what they do with this that of course uh, amazon and bbc for
1: that show as well um but yeah i know you love the first season of this too yeah me you and robert enjoyed it i think i uh, did great watch it i can't i can't remember, can't remember. Uh, I so. but the, the three of us really enjoyed it um i think that was the first podcast that didn't have me on it that was for entertainment talk if you remember you, you oh, did yeah. that one with uh, with robert so mm-hmm. um that was that was pretty cool but uh, yeah it's got David Tennant, and Michael Sheen, which is important, and like you said, some of the writers from before as well, which is which is very very good. Uh, I think *Handmaid's Tale* done a similar thing. So I think there was only one *Handmaid's Tale* book, and yes. that was I, I think that was for the first season, and now they're in the fourth season. So uh, and there's a fifth season on the way, so yeah. there's a lot of a lot of content there. But sometimes some of those things work. I mean, *The Walking Dead's kind of a weird one where it sort of does come up with original content and it uses and remixes its comic book content. So mm-hmm. those, those those things can be done. It just depends when you start putting original ideas into those things if if they're good enough. so Yeah,
0: as I say, bringing on somebody like John Finnamore to help out Neil Gaiman I think is a great move and uh, I think yeah, I'd be very interested to see what he comes up with because he's, he's got a wonderfully weird sense of humour and I, I think it fits very much into that Good Omens vibe so uh, that that's going to be really intriguing to see where it goes with that. In terms of pickups and sticking with Terry Pratchett-ish, the BBC has acquired the watch which was a bbc america show that is going out on bbc iplayer it's on iplayer right now actually and uh, will be going out on bbc 2 at some point later on in the year this is very 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 loosely based on the characters of the watch from terry pratchett i i know it really upset a bunch of pratchett fans with how they handled the characters because it changes them quite a lot from what i'm told i haven't actually watched it yet but it is up on iplayer if you want to go and see the watch and for those people because this always comes up whenever we talk about BBC America, BBC America is not funded by the license fee, it is an entirely commercial entity, it's co-owned by BBC Studios which is an entirely commercial entity and AMC as well, they Mm co-own that channel. If something is made by BBC America it does have to be acquired by the BBC in the UK now they probably get quite a good deal on it because there is a connection between those two companies but bbc studios is a commercial entity which actually helps reduce the license fee because some of the profits that they make go back into the bbc so the fact that bbc in the uk have acquired it that's why it's described as acquiring not just the bbc are airing because they don't own the bbc america shows so mm-hmm. uh, that that is why it's that way for those people that have missed it mayans mc is back for its third season that's also on iplayer and uh, the entire things on iPlayer actually and it's also airing weekly on BBC2 so that is back. They've also picked up Gossip Girl the original CW series and the new 2021 HBO Max series which are going to air later this year on iPlayer and BBC 1. So if you're a fan of Gossip Girl you'll be able to watch through the entire original series and also the new kind of continuation spin-off series as well which has just started airing in the US. So both of those are going to be all I think it's six seasons of the original show and the new series are going to be on iPlayer and BBC One. Law and Order Organized Crime, as we kind of hinted at a few weeks ago, that has been picked up by Sky Witness. That is coming on Friday the 30th of July. Officially they haven't announced that date, but it has to come on Friday the 30th of July because the opening episode is part two of a crossover with SVU, so it Ah. has to go out after that. So uh, 30th of July at 10pm, that is going out. They've announced the air date for Marvel's What If, which is this animated series which kind of takes a kind of multiverse look a sort of out universe multiverse look at a bunch of the key moments from the MCU but what if they played out slightly differently so there is things like uh, Peggy Carter becomes Captain America there's uh-huh. a whole bunch of different things going on there is a trailer up on the website for this but that's landing 11th of August it looks like it's going to be a really fun series because it has all the original cast back voicing that as well mm. including Chadwick Boseman voicing for the final Final time, Black Panther. So that is
1: coming. I'm most looking forward to the uh, Peggy Carter episode. Yeah i think that's going to be really cool um, it'd be great if they could get hayley back and do something with that character that would be cool yes it would be
0: nice if you could get like i would love to see another season of that on tv however they managed to do that
1: but uh yeah that would mm. be good you, you could fit that into the mcu because the steve rogers that we know has a relationship with her yes so, yeah yeah
0: yeah i mean <laughs> you could do a captain america series with him you know living out in that life that would be a kind of thing that you could do potentially that would be good uh i over on DC Stargirl Season 2 has an air date that's also going to be the 11th of August so they're going up against each other but there's no reason Mm. why you can't watch both that's on Amazon Prime UK and it's going out the day after it goes out in the US so that will be going out weekly this time around by the looks of
1: things do you think that will have breaks I know it's a HBO Mac show but it's sort of CW so there's sort of maybe I don't (laughs)
0: know yeah it it may be a bit sporadic I mean I don't know I don't know what whether they're going to run that straight out because it is only I think 10 episodes again so it may right. even only be eight episodes so it's it's not maybe we'll run straight through it not going to have breaks mm. in it but I don't know there's another show called Kevin Can F himself uh, <laughs> that, that is coming to Amazon Prime UK on the 27th of August that's quite an interesting looking one because yeah. the premise of it is on the surface it looks like your standard American US family sitcom in that there is incompetent husband, long-suffering wife, kids, and that sort of thing. And it's one of those standard US family sitcom setups, uh, multi-camera thing shot in front of a studio audience. However, what they then do is they then follow the wife in a kind of dark, cynical, single camera setup of what it genuinely would be like for the wife living with a sitcom husband like that in real life so it's this weird mishmash of this kind of multi-camera standard light comedy and this weird dark cynical background comedy of what this would be like in reality for her so it sort of jumps backwards and forwards I'm really intrigued to see this and see how well it works but uh, yeah 27th of August on Amazon Prime UK for that there are trailers kicking around for that if you want to mm-hmm. go and see
1: it. I'm really looking forward to that I the first season because I sort of heard a bit bits and pieces about it Got Annie Murphy as well from Shits Creek. She's a phenomenal actress as well. She's mm-hmm. she's really, really good. Uh so this, I guess this is her next gig because Shits Creek is uh finished now yes. and everything. Yeah. Um but yeah, looks different, looks interesting, and it's got her in it as well, which is great. So. Yeah.
0: So that's called Kevin Can F himself, and uh that's coming on the twenty seventh <laughs> of August to Amazon Prime UK. A few more rather more advanced air dates. Sex education season three, that's coming to Netflix on the 17th of September they've announced Foundation which is the adaptation of the amazing Isaac Asimov novel that's coming to Apple TV on September 24th they've announced for that as well so that one looks really interesting I'm, I'm really looking forward to that landing because that's a big epic sci-fi series it was of course Witchicon a few days ago as well which was this virtual online convention which was quite fun and uh, it was I think a three hour video basically that they they put together of interviews with the cast and crew and uh, you can go and find that on YouTube there is also a breakdown of some of the key points on the website if you want to go and check that out there was a couple of things that came out of that one was an air date announcement for an anime film called The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf which is landing on the 23rd of August that tells the story of the early life of Geralt's friend and mentor Vesemir set long before the two characters meet. That's sort of background to Vesemir who is showing up in season 2 in live action Sorry. who's playing him in the show it's Kim Bodner, who is probably best known in the UK for Killing Eve he played the sort of older mentor character to the assassin in Killing Eve so um, oh, it's him yeah. who's playing it he's actually a really good pick because he's a great actor and I think he fits Vesemir very very well so I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how that works in live action I don't know whether he's voicing the character in in the anime series because obviously this is a much younger version of the character so i don't know whether they've used a different person to do the voice for this version but that's going to be an anime film that's landing on monday the 23rd of august for that on netflix so that's called witcher nightmare of the wolf then they also announced that season two has a premiere date of the 17th of december for season two of the witcher as well so those are the key air dates that came out of that definitely looking forward to the second season because there's lots of interesting new characters and the interesting new story for that. So there's loads of background footage and bits and pieces up on the website if you want to go and check that out. Mm -hmm. One one of the things that they didn't talk that much about at WitcherCon was the Witcher Blood Origin which is this limited prequel series which is set in the world of the Witcher but it's the creation of the first prototype Witcher and the events that lead up to the conjunction of the spheres when the worlds of monsters and men and elves all get merged into one. So it's set like 12 thousand years before the adventures of, of the main Witcher series very much set back in history they have didn't talk much about that at WitcherCon but there were a couple of casting announcements for it Michelle Yeoh who you all know probably best as Philippa George from um, mm-hmm. Star Trek Discovery it was also in Crazy Rich Agents Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon and a whole bunch of other things she's next in the Avatar sequels and Shang-Chi as well she shows up in in Marvel she's playing a ca- called Cyan who is the very last of her nomadic tribe of sword elves nobody can come close to her with her artistry with a blade and no one carries as much loss within their heart when a chance presents itself to retrieve a stolen sacred sword taken from her fallen tribe by nefarious means she launches herself into a deadly quest that will change the outcome of the continent that is her character so it sounds like she's going to be kind of sword wielding badass which is just perfect for Michelle Yeoh that's kind of oh. what she does so well. Yeah well so i think that's a great bit of casting they've also announced sophia brown is playing ellie who is a elite warrior blessed with the voice of a goddess who has left her clan and positioned as queen guardian to follow her heart as a nomadic musician a grand reckoning on the continent forces her to return to the ways of the blade in her quest for vengeance and redemption this role was originally going to jodie turner smith who is from night on the last ship she was originally cast but had to leave the part due to scheduling conflict caused by the fact that the shooting schedule was all moved around because of the pandemic so she had to leave. Sophia Brown probably most known for things like Delta Jai she was in The Captures she pops up in Marcella Gorilla as well, a whole bunch of other things so she's been in, in a load of different TV shows so I think she's a solid actress to uh, be joining that show as well. The show comes from Declan debarra, who wrote on The Witcher and The Originals. He's exec producer and showrunner Lauren Schmidt-Histrich who is the Witcher showrunner and sort of overseer of all things The Witcher is also exec producer and the original author is uh, serving as the creative consultant so it is very much based around his vision of where things should go so I I think this sounds like it could be a great series it's only six episodes it's a live action series we don't know exactly when it's going to be landing but presumably some point next year but I'm very much looking forward to that I think you know any expansion to The Witcher world gets my vote I think definitely.
1: Yeah, seems like the future is bright for uh, Witcher TV shows on, on Netflix. Uh, I'm going to be very busy on the on the 17th because I'm going to try and do another one of those marathon days. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, yeah, Michelle Yeo in this show sounds pretty good. I like the ideas for the, the two other different the, these new two spin offs that we've got as well. So um, looking good to me.
0: And I like the fact that they're not trying to spin off huge extended shows. You know, this is very much being pitched as it's six episodes. It's a limited series it tells a bit of background of this particular story i'd be very happy if they left the main show to do its job and to run through the books and then they did little background things which are animated or live action just to fill in some backgrounds of this sort of very rich history that they've created in the books and it would be good just to get some of this stuff on screen in one way or another so i i think it's a lovely way of filling things out without committing to like really long series that have to go on and on. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I, I think have a main show and have a bunch of sort of little spin-off things that go around it and are just smaller one-off stuff. I think that's a great way of doing it. Moving over onto AMC and, uh, of course, Home of Zombies is now going to be Home of Vampires. They, a few years ago, picked up the Vampire Chronicles from Anne Rice. They managed to get the rights to the whole of the Vampire Chronicles series, which includes Interview with the Vampire, the Vampireless Lat, Queen of the Damned, the Tale of the Body Thief, all the other books as well. And they also picked up the Mayfair Witches and the crossover novels between the two. So, they pretty much have control of all that connected universe of Anne Rice novels. They've now officially confirmed that they are doing Interview with the Vampire series based on the best-selling novels. For those of you that don't know the novel series, Vampire Chronicles consists of 11 books, starts with Louis, a 18th century French colonial aristocrat who is turned into the world's whiniest vampire by a very charismatic vampire called Lestat. The series continues mainly focusing on Lestat, which I I'm sure will upset Louis even more and uh, he continues to earn his exploits across the ages. So, I mean, that's the sort of basic setup for it. There was, of course, a film based around this with uh, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in the leading roles and the film was great. I mean, they did a really good job with that movie despite the fact that some people were a bit upset by Tom Cruise about taking that role. He absolutely nailed it and did a brilliant, brilliant job. So, it was really, really good. I'm interested to see how this works in a sort of longer form and they, of course, have have All the books to play with. They are clearly setting this up as something that could at least run alongside The Walking Dead, if not be the replacement for The Walking Dead, I think, moving forward. So they've announced that they're planning various different things in this sort of overall world. They are creating a Vampire Chronicles universe, uh, which is going to use all the 18 titles across the Vampire Chronicles and the Mayfair Witches. Acclaimed award winning film and television producer Mark Johnson, who's worked on things like Breaking Bad, but of course. Soul, Helton, Catch Fire and Rectify. He's taking the lead development of creating this sort of franchise and universe for AMC. Roland Jones, who worked on Perry Mason and Friday Night Lights, who also has an overall development deal with AMC Studios, is creator and showrunner of Interview and the executive producer as well. It's going to be an eight episode first season. Anne and Christopher Rice are non-writing executive producers. So Anne Rice and her son Christopher are both involved in the this series as well it's been a long time coming and it's bounced around from various different places The originally Anne had sold all the rights onto a company she got them all back in 2016 ever since then she's been working with her son Christopher to try and find a way of bringing the book back to screen there was a deal in place with Paramount TV and Anonymous Content who optioned the books originally and Brian Fuller was involved in developing the project before he obviously left over creative differences because it's Brian ryan fuller and uh, that's kind of what he does then there was another series that landed at hulu in 2019 and then that stalled and then amc eventually acquired the rights to all the books and this is where we are now so really looking forward to this because i think they're a wonderful rich world to deal with i don't know whether you've seen any of the other either movies or read any of the books or do you know anything about this world
1: no i'm not quite so into vampires as i am to like horror and zombies and stuff if it comes to human like things that try to eat people i tend to veer towards zombies <laughs> but uh yeah i mean the, the last thing i kind of watched that had vampires was like the twilight films i think which i Ooh. never did watch the very last one no um i might do that one day i don't know might as well finish it off i suppose just never really been into vampires at all there's other things i've like considered watching things like vampire diaries things like uh i've heard about like what we do in the shadows is a bit like that whatever well, yeah,
0: that's well yeah that's a com- comedy though really okay, I mean right.
1: so yeah um, but uh, but no just, just never really I just don't really seek out vampire stuff maybe, maybe there's something out there that I would like mm. but I just tend to look for more there, there's still zombie content I haven't seen yet so I'm just sort of looking for that first I suppose
0: yeah I, I think AMC is a good home for it I think they proved with The Walking Dead that they have the money to do these things very well and uh, I think Interview with the Vampire is a solid well crafted world in the Amrise novel for them to work with and deal with. And I think it will work very well as a series. So I'm quite excited to, to see this. We don't know exactly when this is going to land and there's no casting yet, but uh, that will be one to look out for. And we've got one last story which popped up while we were off. The Winchesters, which is a Supernatural prequel series which is in the works at the CW from Jensen and Donnell Eccles. Obviously, Jensen, one of the two main leads as Dean on the main Supernatural show. This, of course, isn't the first time they've tried to do a spin-off, but uh, the premise for this one is before Sam and Dean, there was John and Mary. The Winchesters will be told from the perspective of narrator, Uh, Dean Winchester, voiced by Jensen in the series. And this is the epic untold love story of how John met Mary and how they put it all on the line, not over to save their love, but their entire world. So it's sort of a background of John and Mary, the parents, is the idea for it. Uh, Jensen and and his wife are exec producing it through their company, Chaos Machine Productions, under an overall deal with WBTV, who made the original series, who would co-produce. It's been given a script commitment, so it's not like going to definitely go and you know the problem with any Supernatural spin-off was they've always said that it doesn't work without the boys involved. This caused a few ructions between Jared and Jensen because apparently nobody bothered to tell Jared before the announcement wow. which rather upset him. They apparently have smoothed it all out and it was a big miscommunication. The news got out that they were working. Working on this. I think it was before they were actually properly planning to announce it and the news got out about it. Um, it. It just happened really, really quickly. Jensen hadn't had time to talk to Jared about the fact that they were even considering working on it. And it sounds like it has popped up very, very quickly. It was all kind of fairly hush hush, but nobody had actually mentioned it to Jared. And he was a bit pissed when he first heard about it because he heard about it on Twitter by the sounds of it and there was a few mm-hmm. tweets that went out was like well this is interesting I knew nothing about it sort of thing and uh, yeah there was a few apologetic vocals I think between them they have smoothed it all out now but yeah that that was really quite unfortunate how that news came out but um, they basically they decided that they are going to move forward with at least trying a script for it it's uh, being written and produced by Robbie Thompson who was former co-exec producer show off supernatural so he is the person that is actually writing it i mean it's always interesting to see them try a spin-off for supernatural and you know they're always going to give it a go i think the one thing this does have going for it is the fact that he needs jensen eccles that he's directly involved and i mean if if he can't pull this off i think that'll be it because they've tried a couple of times before there was a show called supernatural bloodlines there was wayward sisters which really you know a lot of fans wanted wayward sisters to actually go somewhere and that didn't get picked up up the general consensus from the cw has always been that without the boys it just won't work but we'll see mm. so yeah
1: so is jared the one that's doing walker at the moment yes
0: jared okay. is which um,
1: which brother is he
0: jared padelletti was sam he's the one that's okay. now starring walker for the cw jensen eccles played dean and he's the one that he's he's developing this and right. uh, he's right. he's just joined his old boss eric Crickley, who came up with supernatural who is now the showrunner and the boys he's just joined eric krypte on the boys for season three as soldier boy so um they're all sort of working together but yes um and there there were apparently some apologetic phone calls between jensen and jared and and eric as well also apologized for the fact that he kind of retweeted the news and without jared knowing because he had no idea that jared hadn't been told
1: Mm -hmm. so so from what i've seen of like the supernatural community in that the wayward sisters was the one that stuck out as the most Mm -hmm. interesting so this is what was it supposed to be called the Winchesters is what this one's called so that's about the parents Parents. do people want
0: that well I mean the parents the parents have been characters on the show previously in fact uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was the dad um, Uh the the older dad uh, on the show I mean he did that before he did Walking Dead so we know the characters of uh, John and Mary and both of them have been around on the show on and off throughout the entire run there has been some background of them as younger characters when they've done weird timey wimey things on Supernatural so we have seen bits and pieces of their history so I I think it's valid they were both hunters so I think it is a it is an area where you could expand a bit more and uh, it also gives the opportunity to have Dean do the voiceover for it as well or Jensen as Dean do the voiceover for it so yeah there is potential there
1: is that their way of with with Dean doing the voiceover is that supposed to be the way of having one of the boys in there? because
0: they... uh, Yeah, I, I think that is the sort of ditch, last ditch huh. attempt to try and get one of them involved in it. I mean, you never know. They might get Jared to come in and do some bits as well. But there seems to be, obviously, Jensen and Jared are very, very much part of that whole SPN family. And, yeah. you know, they are not going to turn their back on it. They're all, it seems like everything is smoothed out in terms of uh, miscommunication about the announcement <laughs> of this. Now, I think it's an interesting one. We'll see whether the script comes to anything. I would be interested to see who they cast as well, because obviously we have had previously people cast in those roles. Whether mm. they
1: use the same actors or whether they recast them is anybody's guess. CW has been a bit strange with like spin-offs in recent years. Like we've had all the failed supernatural spin-offs. Then we had like was it two Arrowverse spin-offs, like Painkiller and Green Arrow and the Canaries. Those both didn't go forward, and then there was supposed to be a 100 prequel spin-off. I can't remember what that was supposed to be called but that was supposed to happen
0: yeah that's still alive I think that 100 prequel spin-off uh-huh. it's not dead yet
1: so <laughs> right um, and then they, they're doing this instead so I don't know it's, just, it's strange how they've kind of treated certain spin-offs on that so we'll yeah, yeah. So, hey, if, if like you know I'm, I won't pretend that I'm a Supernatural fan I didn't even know which of the boys played which one so, <laughs> Um, but if this is something that makes Supernatural fans happy and they like it and the CW likes it then cool so yeah. we'll see
0: we'll see anything happen happens with that but uh, as i say i I wouldn't pin my hopes on it because the previous ones haven't gone anywhere so i mean if if anything's got a chance it's this one but who knows Mm -hmm. so that's all the news we've got for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on tv highlights for next week. We kick off with Whiskey Cavalier which is landing on Alibi on the 14th of July. This of course was the show which Lauren Cohen did when she took a break from The Walking Dead. It's uh, her and Scott Foley in the lead roles as uh, two government agents who after an emotional breakup are forced to work together as they lead an interagency team of spies who periodically save the world and one another. So uh, it sounds like it could be quite a fun spy show but uh, that's coming to Mm -hmm. Alibi on the 14th of July at 9pm
1: it's also got uh, Noah from Walking Dead oh has it okay yeah, yeah, there yeah. You go. I, don't, I can't remember the actor's name but it's it's him
0: yeah so uh, that's Whiskey Cavalier at 14th of July at 9pm on Alibi This Way Up returns for its second season on Channel 4 that's on the 14th of July as well that's at 10pm that's uh, Ailing's Bees series Never Have I Ever returns for a second season that's on Netflix on the 15th of July Val Helsing returns for its fifth and final season that's on the 16th of july and uh, that's the final season of that show manifest returns for its third and what looks very much to be its final season now that's mm-hmm. uh, on sky one on the 16th of july at 9 p.m that is landing war of the worlds returns on a star on disney plus because of course there is no fox anymore in the uk so uh, season two of war of the worlds comes to start on the 16th of july it has just been renewed for a third season as well so uh, i'm glad to have that back because that looks mm-hmm. great Baptiste, second season of that, the spin off from The Missing That is Landing on BBC One on the 18th of July at 9 pm. And then over on ITV, Professor T, which I think is a remake of a Belgian series, but that's uh, Ben Miller and Francis de Tour in that. That's the 18th of July at 9pm for that, and that's called Professor T. And then In Treatment, which returns for a fourth season, but uh, with a brand new cast and new lead, that is on Sky Atlantic on the 19th of July at 9pm for In Treatment season four. And that is everything coming up for the next week on TV. Um, if you want to find more stuff
1: about Matt, where can they find you? you go to entertainmenttalk.org for our TV, video games, films, and May night podcasts. So check all that out. We're doing, like I said, Monsters at Work. i got Ted Lasso season two coming up in a couple of weeks. I did a preview for that, uh, Black Widow, and a whole bunch of other things as well. Uh, Walking Dead's actually back next month. So we'll be talking about the final season of that. And just a whole bunch of other things as well. Uh, I did a podcast at the weekend called Three Batman and the Flash <laughs> looking at uh, the situation over there because uh, next year we will have three different actors on screen as Batman. Two of them in one film and then one in another film. So I mm-hmm. talked about that as well. Uh you can also find me on Twitch if you'd like to e-talk uk on there for all my different streams of video games and stuff. But um yeah, entertainmenttalk.org is where you can find all that on the website.
0: Excellent. So go and check that out over on entertainmenttalk.org for Bex who is still buried under piles of work she is uh, on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S you can go and find her over there streaming daily and various evenings and uh, hopefully she will be back on the show again soon for Daryl you can go and find him at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those series you love which are shot up in Canada go and check out the news over there and uh, for Grey you can go and find him on Twitter under Grey Ray the geek that's gray with an A, so go and find and talk to him over there. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post, find us at geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektown.uk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye.